Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Mac and Football Show. You normally see us on a Friday evening. However, some big news at Sunderland has happened over Monday evening. We've had a couple of sleeps and, um, yeah, we've got to get the elephant out of the uh, <laughs> the tiny rabbit hat. I don't even know the phrase I'm trying to use here. But Tony Mowbray's been sacked um, just before the full, full festive period, the condensed fixtures. Was it the right time to go is ultimately our question. Um, time will tell with the answer. But um, yeah, welcome along. I'm Anthony Mackham. Uh, you can see everybody who's joined with me this evening. You've got David, uh, who is here. He is, Hello. Hello. An honorary Mackham, kind of. You're a Liverpool fan, but you, you've been here a lot. <laughs> you've got Paul Wilson. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Paul is from RWA Productions and Jacob, aka Yorkshire Mackham. Hello. Evening. Evening. Did you get your milk? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Good. Now. <laughs> you returned with milk. To, to rare story. Um, I'm not feeling that festive at the moment. So I want to take off my uh, my lovely Sunland hat and uh, leave that to one side because yeah, it's not a nice nice subject to talk about. Um, a manager getting sacked after three horrific results, I think. Um, and I think that's ultimately what what done it. There was a couple of couple of gear builds, but that was definitely the the straw that broke the camel's oh, back on the decision. You all right there? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Sorry, <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> I thought my analogy was that bad there. Um, I do have a poll live on here and. Um, the question is, was it the right time? There's um, six voting. We'll work out what the final answer is based on our discussion and the fans that pop in with their chat um, by the end of it. Um, we'll do some arguments for yes and some arguments for no. So on the yes camp, for it being the right time to release Tony Mowbray, um, if the pattern <laughs> of results continued the way they were, we would have massively dipped and struggled throughout this period. I think that is an iron certainty with getting rid of him and having a caretaker for a couple of games. There is a risk of that, but it might be freeing for some players to not have to be restricted as well. So, Paul, I'll go to you first. Do you think it was the right time to get rid of Mowbray? Oh. Uh... I would say yes. Why then? Well, in a way, answer. I think the I think the reason we've got rid of him now mm -hmm. is because of the the performances recently. Because I'm not sure if uh, you are actually aware, but uh, Jim White from Talksport. Mm -hmm. Um, actually interviewed Jack Clark um, after the Millwall game. Yep. And Jack Clark actually revealed live on TalkSport that apparently um, Tony Mowbray was, did not uh, apparently give instructions uh, to the players actually after the Millwall game. Well, at the end of the game, he didn't bother doing a debrief. That's well, really from bizarre. Jack, Jack Clark was saying, I think it was 
during uh, half time. Yeah. Uh, Morbi wasn't giving instructions to the players. The, we'll talk a little bit about the players' reactions to the sacking because I think that is a really, really strong point. Um, I know there's obviously Bradley Dak, who is Morbi's only signing. That is his request. Who, <laughs> let's face it, might not get any game time under new new management if he is um, as second string to Pritchard as we think he is. Um, but yeah, the, the thing is with with Morbi. Um, I'm kind of tossed between it, it is the right time or it's completely the wrong time. I think results will pretty much tell on that from from where I'm standing right now. I'm hoping one of you is able to convince me it is 100% the right time. Ultimately, we can't do anything about it, though. It's it's done. It's dusted. It's it's a semantic of a question, really. Like, he's gone. We can't get him back. Well, we, we could get him back, but I don't think it would be right. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I was... Um... Talking about this uh, to um, to Brad, do mm. you not think the club has decided to get rid of him now? Because if you remember at the start of the season, um, Christian Speakman came out and said they want to get top two. Yeah, I think top two this so... season is absolutely unrealistic for ninety nine percent of teams within this league. Do Do you not think Throughout the club? History. Do you not think Speakman's thought Mowbray will not get us? Uh, top two. I think he thinks we he won't get us into the playoffs. Top two, top two. I think is unachievable for anybody other than Leicester, Ipswich, and Leeds. Pretty much, yeah. Like those are the three teams competing for the top two positions. Last season, it was Sheffield United, Burnley, and Middlesbrough, and then towards the last couple of weeks, Middlesbrough fell off. I think realistically, Leicester City are, are winning the title, and it's between. Leicester, uh, sorry, Leeds and uh, Ipswich Town to to fight for that second spot. Ipswich are all, uh, absolute, uh, what's it called, an anomaly with their current performance. So, yeah, <laughs> we'll see how that pans out. But um, welcome along, Acacia, by the way. Um, sorry, I'm trying to get our initial thoughts out um, as well. Jacob, do you think it was the yeah. right time for Tony to go? Uh it is a hard one because I do think, I mean, it was two games, but it, it still didn't change it changed the formation. Like, he could have mm-hmm. gone for 4 4 2 a bit more, but I'd have given him a bit longer. I know I might get my head bitten off for saying this, but I'd have given him longer, um, in my opinion. I've. Because it, it's same old Sunland getting rid of managers. Where it's still we're still in that side. It still feels the same old Sunland. You know. It does but, to a degree. When, like when 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 can we get positive news? Of what like when's that going to happen? When we signed a manager. Ready? When we've made signings on the last day. There has been a general buzz around the club for the last couple oh, yeah, of years. Yeah. So there is positive news sprinkled in, but the negative, if I, I think I've. It's, it's the still one that sticks. overflowing the positive. It's still overflowing the positives, you know. It naturally will. It naturally will. So um, I think if you get 10 messages, nine of them are positive and one of them are negative, you'd hang up naturally on the negative one. You could have 10 people doing you saying you're doing a great job, but that one person saying you're doing a crap job will stick with you. So it's just natural. Like you, it's easier to, to fight a negative than it is to like reinforce a positive. 
So I get that. Um, but you are right about buzz around the club. Like, um, things are a lot less depressing than what they were. Mm-hmm. I don't know, five or so years ago. Yeah. Um, but oh yeah, <laughs> five years ago is a completely different era now. Yeah. It's just. But- and we are in a better position. It's like financially, like you were saying before, we started streaming. We're much better and secure and stable. So I, that's some. We can still look at that, but I think some over. Yeah, I'd have, I'd have given him longer, but can understand why they've got rid of him. Really. Yeah, and I think we we've said it on this podcast uh, last week, a couple of weeks ago. We've been seeing it for um, every bad run of results, like Morbier's style. When it works, it's really, really good. Um, we have the best free-flowing football. I think Sunderland fans, a lot of newer Sunderland fans, some of the young youngsters have ever seen. Um, this, I think it was Bowers and the um, the What the Folk podcast was saying like it's the best style of football Sunderland players have been playing since the Peter Reid era. So it's like there is. There is that discourse of, well, if we're playing this creative, free-flowing football, why are we getting rid of the managers encouraging our players and making our players thrive in that environment? It's because when we are not hitting, it's so static. It's it's to the point where the players look completely disinterested in even turning up. And the only person who can make the players more interested in performing is the, the head coach, the manager, whatever the branding title is person who picks the players for the game has to get the best out of those players and I don't think he was doing that um, towards the end and you could kind of see it um, in that post-match interview with Clark but if you watch the post-match interview with Mowbray himself there was hints there was, yeah there was hints to like yeah. he already knew what was going to happen um, I was going to do a, like a short on it and stuff like that but I thought I thought better of it because it's it's more speculation to it like there is wording in there where it's like that we've had some of the best times with this club and like best football we've seen in years we've we've we kept on trying nothing really worked but i think it does boil down to those last three games and lack of lack of creativity and adaptability to the opponents that we're playing i think for a club that has ambitions for promotion Losing against the teams just outside of the relegation zone is what, like I said, put the straw on the back of the camel. It <laughs> it had to happen. Um, insert plug for the name of the stream, by the way. Um, do, you, do you think that it is the last couple of results that tipped it over the line, or do you think it was, or it was going to come? It was just a case of when. Oh, tough one, really, because it's. Probably, like, we knew it was going to happen anyway, because, mm-hmm. you know, two results, really. I probably lean towards two results, but mm-hmm. at the same time, we sort of maybe knew it was going to happen anyway. Like, we knew he wasn't going to be here forever, but I thought if he were going to leave, he'd just retire, you know, he won't get sacked, he won't... Oh, his contract will run out, leave. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'd thought, how he's summoned, his time at Sunderland would end, but... Uh, have we... When you got to... When you got to go, you got to go. Yeah, exactly. I, I was just going to ask there, have we ever had a manager who's had like a three-year contract, two-year contract, who's actually served the full amount of time? I genuinely can't remember a single time where a manager's been given a four-year contract and that's actually lasted. I think 
not that I remember, no. The, the, I, know Bob the, Stoker was, I know Bob Stoker was at Sunderland for a while. So The only manager I, I can think of that may have left at the time they wanted rather than when we wanted, well, obviously there's Sam Allardyce, but I think Dick Advocat, he signed to the end of the season and he left at the end of the season. I think that was the last time we had a manager who left out their contract. Which is, if you look at it now, a bygone era. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just catch up on Acacia's chat as well. So um, she talks about the Millwall game. Um, I'll talk about the Millwall game, the, the Huddersfield game, and the Plymouth game as a collective. There's a short on this channel if you want to watch it of the two goals from that. You have Luko Nine stab over the over the line against Huddersfield and the two one defeat, and you have Jack Clark's penalty, which is down the middle. <laughs> it's kind of scuffed. The keeper dives over it. If the keeper, if the keeper like stood still for an extra half a second, he could have saved that quite comfortably. He just thinks he's trying to go for top bins and it like goes underneath the um, left side of the goal. So a scuff penalty rescues a point in that Millwall game. But if you're looking at it as a collective, one point against relegation threatened teams, it's it's really not good enough. Um, even if you're challenging for playoffs, if you're challenging for top half. If you're losing against teams in that that bracket, and we are 20 games into the season, they are teams that should be in that bracket. I think we're pretty comfortable in in the quality in those squads, um, being as they are. Plymouth, because of that result, has started to uh, kick up, but you can't say we 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 are destined for the top two finish or playoffs even now, or to better where we were last season and comfortably believe that long term, if if we're performing like we did in those three games. And I kind of felt like Tony Mowbray looked ill, but he could also look disinterested. It depends on how you, you had that perspective. Um, it, it's, I don't know. I think it's more of a shock to me that um, he's gone the way he did. Um, there was hints and there were signs that it was going to happen. But yeah, um, like I said, I, I, I think we we were harping on that change needed to come. Now, tactically, I think change definitely needs to come to um, end that striker crisis. What I think will happen when whoever we get into the team will be like, well, if you strikers are not scoring, let's get two of them on. <laughs> it might be that simple. Um, because if they're performing at training, but they're not performing in games, it's down to how the games are set up, right? So what do you think formationally? we can do and what kind of manager do we want to replace Tony? I think formation wise I'd like to see four four two used a lot predominant predominantly, but maybe some other formations as well. Um, um was you was you was you say were you just saying as well who would we like who would you like to see which manager? Yeah, so managers are generally uh, generally known for their formation styles, right? So with Mowbray, he was traditionally a four four two manager. He became a four two three one manager with our club. If we get a four two three one manager, are we going to continue on with the same vein of poor performances, or is it one of those ones where it's like a different manager has different tactics to roll out throughout the game like is that four two one three formation the perfect one for our current squad is did tony mobile pick his best squad and that was the best with what we've got or does changing it up help now i think it can help if they're changing up because you're going to get sussed out aren't you look at alex neil mm-hmm. 
Do you, I'm not sure, but I'm, to be fair, Stoke have probably been sussed out, haven't they? Even though Neil keeps changing it. So I think maybe either way you get sussed out, won't you? It's just, oh, I just think yeah. it's just on the day you just got to be playing well, playing well for the fans. But yeah, you still also got to get the formation right. Um, but like I said, I think I, I'd like to see um, Will still. For someone, you know, French yeah. guy. Oh, the one on That's that, right. uh, the TikTok clip. Yeah, called, is it Rems? Is that Rems? Uh, Reims, Reims, like yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the fifth in the, I know French League's different, but you can't be a shit manager, can you, if he's fifth in, in the French top division? division. Yeah. yeah. He did say, I know there was comment of him um, looking to look at. Um, Premier League, oh, English football clubs. Sorry, Acacia's just popped in at the chat that Aston Villa have took the lead against Man City and they have the Bailey scores and it's on the edge of the D. It gets a massive deflection. The keeper's diving the wrong way and ends up in the top right corner. Solid, well-worked goal. Um, I've just <laughs> pulled it up. So that's a bit of a shock to the Premier League. Aston Villa, I think, go top with that, which is... Insane, <laughs> but, but I hate to talk about Aston Villa all that much. I hate to talk about um, Sunderland, Tony Mowbray, and um, new Premier League, not Premier League, new um, potential managers. Yeah, um, and Dean, welcome along. Says two wins from nine is not good enough. Would expect ex- a French-speaking manager. So he's he's backing your point there, Jacob. With uh, Will Still from Rooms. Um, he literally that that clip of him switching between French and English is, uh, I think, perfect for our squad because we have, I think, four French people. Yeah, I've got quite a lot, haven't we? Yeah, we we could literally just train French people. Like I know, can you remember how uh, is it Wolves had Portu- yeah, Portu- well, the Portuguese invasion yeah. and like nobody really knew how to work against them because they were all just speaking a foreign language. I think when we're in Prem, I think most of our team will be French. Not that there's all wrong with that or. You get what I mean? Like, we'll be a bit like Wolves in a way, but what? French players. Well, not that, of course, like, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, absolutely not. Um, you get what I mean? No, no, I get what you mean. Like, the, you have clubs that yeah. have um, waves of, of players, not like, as I said, um, yeah. Wolves there, but another good example would have been Arsenal back um, in the early 2000s with French players. Um, yeah. Like, it does help sometimes having that code and that language that you can pull back on. Um, but before we talk about our uh, long-term future, we need to know who it's going to be. Who do you think it's going to be, Paul? Uh, well, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I actually reckon it, it could be this guy that's coming over to uh, speak to Quirillo Dreyfus tomorrow. Uh, Kim Helberg. I, th- I think it could be. Is that, is that the right one? Yeah, that's him. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, um, didn't you say just because he's gone to an interview, it don't mean he'll be the next guy? He's got to pass an interview. an interview. It's Yeah, he's got to pass the interview. So I'm just going to turn you down because I think uh, your volume is double what it should be. So let's <laughs> fix that. Um, what, do, what do you know about Kim Helberg? Because I literally, other than the, the odds better, um, I can't really say much about most of these. I can speak about... Um, well, still from that Twitter clip, that TikTok clip, because I was quite interested in that. Paul Heckenbottom, who's just left Sheffield United. Dean Smith, who was obviously really, really good in the Prem. 
John Eustace, Graham Potter. We do not want Steve Bruce. I don't think Kevin Phillips is ready for the championship. Although he is obviously a Sunderland legend. Frank Lampard is a... I don't think he's a good enough manager in general. Um, yeah, I, I, there's just loads of names here. But who who is your... Who's your preferred one, shall we say? Anyway, uh, anyway, it could be anybody, but uh, this one that's coming to speak tomorrow. Mm -hmm. uh, I've looked at some of these uh, formations, actually, because I've just found on the website. Yeah. Uh, most of it, most of it's actually a three-man midfield. Uh, Four-two-three-one is the most common system uh, of record, followed by four-three-three, and a four-one-four-one four, one, uh, basic system. Right. Uh, that actually plays really. So um, it looks. It says on here um, on transfer market. If you're looking at his preferred formation, it says four-three-three attacking. So that is essentially what we are currently used to, right? Um, like I said beyond that, I don't really know much about him. Um, he obviously he's managed some teams in the Swedish leagues, but beyond that, like I said, it's it's not really somebody I've had a long-term history with and that might be a good thing for us because if, we, if we're looking at somebody who's completely left field young, inspiring manager who's more closely aged to the players that he's supporting um, I think he would still be older than every single player at Sunderland but um, at 35 yeah, like it doesn't it doesn't go against our model to have a young manager because in, in youth we trust, I think, is our <laughs> in our current uh, mantra, right? Um, Clocky90, welcome along. It's the best time to get rid of a manager with plenty of games still to play, but is it the right decision? I don't know. And th that's what we're here to, to discuss as well. Like The the choices, the, 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 the odds on favourite, by the way, is a, a, ch a chap called Julian Sable. Now again, I don't know much about Julian Sable. Um, he looks like he's the current manager of Nice. Is he the one that well, assistant? He's the assistant of that um, Italian guy we were rumoured with in um, around yeah. the summer after the season, end of last season. Yeah, and it looks like he uh, used to manage Saint Etienne. He managed them for six games only. Had a negative twelve goal difference, two draws and four losses. So his actual professional management career is not great. Um, as like the interim managers, if that makes sense. But maybe this is his first proper club, first chance. I just think it's it's we've got to get the right person for fitting our current players, and somebody who speaks French would be a good good thing. But also, it's not a necessary to have if that makes sense Tony Mowbray didn't speak French didn't speak Ukrainian didn't speak Portuguese but um, <laughs> I don't think that should like the languages you speak shouldn't be a major factor in the decision it should be how well you can develop our young squad so listen is um, even Stephen Schumacher has been um, mentioned uh, the Plymouth mm -hmm. Argyle manager. Yeah. Who's that? Uh, it's Stephen Schumacher. Oh, he's the third uh, favourite. He's the third favourite, yeah. Yeah, he's the Plymouth uh, Plymouth Argyle uh, head coach. 
the one I... Uh, the one that we've already played this season. The one who beat us three games ago, two sacks. Um, <laughs> to to get this to start this sacking of Tony Mowbray. Mm. What's his stats like? Hundred and five games, fifty six wins, twenty draws, and twenty nine losses with fifty five fifty three point three win percentage. That's pretty good going. Why would he leave his current club? For us, I know we're bigger name but aren't they on like their best form in, in their history with, with him so it is, it'll be interesting as well because uh, the likes of Lee <laughs> Lee Consley's even been mentioned he's currently uh, the under 21 um, who's Lee Consley? England he's not on my list and I have a list of about 70 people uh, some, do you want to know the 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 three worst, um, the three worst people on this list in terms of odds? Stefan Schwartz, Chris Brown, and Paulo De Canio. <laughs> some people just throwing a name out there for the sake of it. Sometimes, right? Um, Lola, can you stop snoring, Miss? Very loud, very loud. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know if it's productive though. Like, we've got to, I think, get the right man in charge. How we decide that, we we as fans can't. I think it's ultimately down to the first couple of results. Now, what we have a problem with, if we do get somebody in, how many games do we back them before they we say they need to win? Because we know these players are capable of winning, right? It's not like they're not talented enough. I think they just need the right tactics on the game to beat the opposition reverting back to more of a management style that Alex Neal had with actually learning how the opposition play and coming up with a tactic that beat them rather than us have a flat tactic that we don't change from. I think that would help us a long, longer term, right? Or am I kind of speaking waffle there? I think for me, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if the club actually decided to look at uh, Stephen... Um... Uh, John Eustace. Yeah, he's know. on that list. He's on that list. Yeah, with, with the links of, uh, with the links with Christian Speakman, because um, John Eustace was at Birmingham before they got Wayne Rooney. Yeah, and he was he had a good he had a good history like he, his record. He was in the top six with that Birmingham squad. So yeah, I understand that. Also, wouldn't it be um, somebody that like? I know Bellingham played with, under him, obviously, when uh, last season. So it's not like he's learning every single player. He learned a lot of new players, but like he's already coached one of our shining stars. Is he going to drop Bellingham because he didn't like him there, or what's what's the deal with that? If we do choose Usus, Uh, it'd be interesting what uh, Proctor and Dodds do this weekend. Yeah. Now, when do you think the when do you think the decision to replace our manager needs to be made by? Well, it's interesting because they they've only give um, well as far as I'm aware they've only give Dodds and Proctor Saturday's game at the moment anyway. They haven't given them later game yet. Which is on is it Tuesday or Wednesday next week? Wednesday. Uh, Tuesday. It's Tuesday evening. Yeah, it is. Okay. 
Okay. Should be should be interesting. Um, Acacia does add, by the way, and it's been a couple of minutes since she added this. Um, I honestly don't want Paul Heckenbottom at Sunderland. He hasn't had a great time in the Premier League with um, Sheffield United, but I don't think he's equipped to manage Premier League level players and opposition. I think in the Championship last season, he clearly knew what he was doing. So I know you say you don't want them, and recent form in the Premier League has kind of trodden the image of Paul Heckenbottom with the Sheffield United fans, but he actually got you promoted. <gasps> Villa just hit the bar. Villa just hit the bar. It should, they should be 2 0 up against Man City. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, Acacia says, I won't, will still, um, as our new manager. He sounds amazing. The way he switches from English to French, it's proper funny, that video what they saw on Twitter. Yeah. Um, we, we've kind of mentioned him on and off. Um, we don't even know when Rushin is coming back from injury, as well as he's done his groin. Groins can, I think they can be fine in weeks. It depends on if it's a, a tear or a strain. So we'll see with, with Rushin coming back. What I don't want is what... Uh, what I don't get is why Job didn't come on the pitch in the second half on Saturday. And when I was at the game, I was like, man, he's warming up, but he isn't coming on. What's the point in that? So I will make one final point on Tony Mowbray. And the thing that I think kind of might have been a catalyst for him leaving the club. Um, we've had a sub in the 54th minute, 53rd, 54th minute, which took off. Um, he took off our striker, I think it was Burstow, and we replaced them with midfielders. Then it took until like the 74th minute for a, another striker to come on the pitch in Hamia. So we were, we were without, a, without a striker on that pitch for 20 minutes. Now, if you've got a striker crisis, striker confidence crisis, and you're never picking them, and you're literally not giving them game time, how are they ever going to score? So I kind of feel like that is, I think, a really good battle point for them to disagree on for that post-game um, sacking. Because obviously it's two days later that they've they've announced that they've parted companies. Um, they've they've had time to think about like the this the, the like the extra bits of um, issues they have with Mowbray's style, and I think ultimately for me to answer the poll and to uh, see what the poll result is, was it the right time for Tony Mowbray to go? Ultimately, I'm saying yes. Um, let's see what the poll says. 82% are saying yes, it was the right time. So, If, if 82% of the fans are saying it, on, on this very biased <laughs> um, conversation so far, it, it kind of feels like it was the right time. Um there is other polls around that I swear towards the no, but I think based on how the team were forming, it's a yes. Now, we're half an hour into the stream, lads, and we haven't even spoken about the FA Cup tie. Do you by chance know who we're playing? Uh, scumbags. That's uh, up the road, isn't it? I, I, I don't know. It, 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 it sounds like that's the right team, but I don't think that's their official name. Uh, no, 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 it's not them. I mean, it might be that some of them, but no. 
<laughs> Sunderland are playing Newcastle. I think it's on the 6th or the 7th of January, depending on um, agreements with the football, um, like broadcasting um, with the BBC and the policing around it as well. Because I think if there's ever a broadcast... Six. So it's the 6th. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, if... If the, kind of, there was some good information today on it. I was I was thinking if there's ever a broadcast of an FA Cup tie that needs to be on the BBC, it's this one. <laughs> like who else? If you've never watched a, a rivalry between two clubs, I've just watched Sunderland versus Newcastle. It's it, I don't know if on the pitch is going to be insane, but the entire atmosphere, the world around the northeast, just completely shifts that entire week that entire month and even that year so if we play Newcastle and we perform decently I'm okay with any result if we go in there and we drop our heads like we did against these last three opposition that's when I'm going to get worried um Jim's just popped in the chat as well sorry I think we might be a little bit of a time sink Tony Warbury didn't need the job but took it because it was a perfect fit I wonder if replacement by Fireoli rumors likely true Spoiled around soured his attitude towards management. So that was a summertime that was a summertime rumour. I might have spin critical comments about recruitment players and well to be fair, I didn't like Luke on nine towards the end either, which is really weird. Um but yeah, sorry, we're playing the mags. We're playing the mags. What are your thoughts on the game for the mags then, lads? Uh, are we are we excited? Are we how we're we feeling? What's our chances? nervous but kind of excited at the same time mm-hmm. um, I mean we're probably we may we probably might lose to be fair but saying that it's the FA Cup isn't it and and really we're at home I mean yeah it doesn't mean anything but you know when you watch some when I've watched cup games as a neutral yep. on TV and it's usually like the underdogs at home sometimes the underdog don't, they don't the underdogs seem to win when they're at home in the cup you know, mm-hmm. so I don't know. And, and plus Newcastle, they might want to rest players. They might not want to focus on clubs. They might just want to focus I, on staying in the top six in the Prem. I think so, the, the cups for Newcastle are the most likely way for them to get trophies this season. Yeah, but and the but their injuries are not good, great either. They've well, got quite a lot of injuries, so and they're bound to pick up more before the FA Cup and. Mm-hmm. And then around that time, so uh, I know but people so might be deluded, but mm. um, it's going to be I interesting. You never say never, do you? So you can't just automatically say, "Oh, we're going to get smashed by the Mags." You don't know that. It's still a long way to go. Yeah, I think I know. This sounds like a really bizarre thing, but. The reason I think Newcastle, <laughs> I think the reason I don't think Newcastle will win. Number twenty-seven is my lucky number, and that was the number that Newcastle had. So I was like, "That's a weird omen to have." So I don't. I just felt like it was the the, the draw itself, obviously, completely random. Um, but I, I don't know, like the way we've just sacked Tony Mowbray. We've got essentially six weeks and maybe eight games between now and then for this new manager to settle in to find out his form. I don't think we can confidently say going into that game 
that we have a style of play that we're concrete on that we're going to go up against, which might be in our, our favour because, like you said, with the FA Cup ties, sometimes it's the unknown that um, that gives that surprise. Premier League opposition have lost t- random teams throughout the league, uh, throughout the, uh, the pyramid. Um, you said before the stream... They lost to Cambridge United one one year against uh, um, in the FA Cup third round, didn't they? So it's like Newcastle, Newcastle yeah, yeah. I so think it's... it was the third round, but they did, and it were at St James's Park as well. Yeah, and I think yeah, so... I've watched that one. <laughs> so um, maybe that's why. If you watch this game, they lose every FA Cup tie you watch with Newcastle in it. They lose. Now, um, well, this I... game, I'm actually going to. <laughs> well, you're definitely watching it then. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll, I'll be I'll be sitting my head off in the ground. <laughs> mm. It's I think it's going to be one of the best games a lot of fans will see for um, at least this season um, because obviously the, the rivalry's there. This dog is snoring so bloody loud. It's, um, bloody I, hope it's not, I hope it's not coming through on the mic. Um, I don't know. What What do you think of the game, Paul? To be honest, I wasn't expecting us to actually uh, draw them. Uh, Isn't it a 1 in 120 or is it a 1 in 64? I can't remember at that stage. I think it's a 1 in 64 chance. But yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I I know uh, because I was listening uh, listening today that um, Matthew Raceback from um, Radio Newcastle asked... um, Eddie Howe, actually, what he thinks of the game. Right. And, uh, he's absolutely he's buzzing uh, that uh, <laughs> that he's actually got us. So, uh... I, and to be fair, I understand why they would be because it's the perfect chance for Newcastle, if you look at it, to correct their recent record against us. If they don't, they <laughs> everything that they've done, the acquisition. Um, the purchasing of players for nearly uh, 200 300 million whatever the actual value of their current squad is all means nothing if you still can't beat us so you can say oh yeah we're in the champions league you've never seen a macam in milan all of that banter but um if you still can't beat us what was the point of it all <laughs> you still you still think you're the bigger club but if you can't beat us it's it's kind of embarrassing but if we if we lose We've got a line of excuses we can already use, right? And, and some of it will be excuses, but we're in the, the league below, so we're, we haven't got the uh, investment that they currently have. Um, <laughs> we've, we, we're, we're the underdogs in this situation because of that gap. We're, we're trying to climb back to the Premier League level quality. We haven't had the cash flow that's been injected. We do have a billionaire owner, apparently, but we haven't spent more than, I think it's $3 million on a player in the last five years and they spend that on their worst player so it's it's kind of i think we've we've got we are the underdogs we're in the league below we've got we've got that to back us but still they haven't beat us in over a decade so we've got that whoever this uh uh whoever our new coach is yeah it'd be interesting actually what team he actually puts out for that cup yeah, I'm just I'm just reading um, Larky's and Jim's uh, comments here. Someone said to me every time we've sacked a manager before a derby, 
we've won. So there's a good omen we can use on that. Um, imagine if that was the caveat. We've got to like have a new manager every six months when we're in the Prem to play them. Um, and then Jim goes, hope the horses have arms protection if they lose. <laughs> no animal cruelty is endorsed on this channel. Um, uh, and for those of, I don't know how you'd not know this, but the Geordie who punched the uh, the horse was at a Derby Day game. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's that. Um, Acacia also adds... How long did he game for? How long was he arrested for? He was prison for six months, so I think it was um, suspended. So he didn't actually go into prison. He just got a prison sentence that he didn't actually have to go in for. Um, he, he was under, like... Lucky bastard. He was under probation, really, on it. I think I, I, I don't know, but I think he's he's apologised on the media numerous times because it's obviously it's his reputation now. Um, but Acacia says... He, honestly... <laughs> that was crazy when the ball number for Newcastle came out. I was like... For God's sake, here we go. I'm excited for that game, uh, though, against the Mags, but can't see us getting can see us getting battered, to be honest, with the players they've got. Like Anthony Anthony Gordon, nah, I think I think he will be embarrassed by us. But Callum Wilson and Bruno, I think we'll have we'll have our midfielders numbers. Um it's whether we sorry. Uh we will have a um a hard time breaking past Ballard. Uh, for me, it's all all about who Ballard's um, defensive centre-back partnership is with um, by the time that game happens. I don't think it should be Lugo 9. Lugo 9 in that game will get a red card. It's as simple as that. You know who I've put up with him for that game? Because I've, I've been thinking about this actually when that, uh, when that draw happened. Mm -hmm. For me, I'll put Jensen Selt uh, up with him. You want somebody with a level head, right? Yeah. And I know, I know, we want passionate players on the pitch. Get them further up the pitch where it matters a little bit less if we lose the ball. Um, we can't have it as our centre back. I know it's going to be a feisty game. There's going to be rough tackles flying in left, right, and centre. It is literally going to be the proving ground for a lot of our players being being put down into into, into our history. Um, I was just I was talking with one of my colleagues who's a Villa fan, by the way, and I think he'll enjoy that. Um, that result with against Man City at the minute. Um, about, like, derby days, because obviously he's, he, he hasn't really had a derby day with Birmingham City for a while. And he was like, well, haven't you got a really good record against Newcastle? Then he pulled it up and went, what? Yeah, like, it, that, it surprises him that Newcastle haven't beat us in that long. Um, and he's like, can you remember who scored these goals? And I was like, yeah, boom, 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 boom. So who's, who scored in your 3-0 win? And I went, oh, God, why did you bring that one up? It was um, AJ, the 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 one that nobody really likes anymore, um, Billy Jones, and Stephen Fletcher. And I was like, you can just reel off these people because they've scored against the Mags. So anybody who scores for Sunderland against the Mags in this FA Cup will literally just be down on the record books as one of those club legends, I guess. Who who's going to be that person? Could you imagine if it was Hamia or Bruschen, one one of, one of one of one of our new strikers who haven't scored all season? This twenty game streak, or tw it'll be twenty seven game if they, if they don't score between now and then, and they score their first goal against the Mags, they'd be instantly like heroes. they've got to be yeah they become instant heroes. So <laughs> got to bear that in mind as well. Like it, it's a it's a 
battleground, but it's also a proven ground for our team. Players the names for that game, who would you put in goal? For, for me, I would, I would put Pickford. Patterson in goal. No, Pickford. <laughs> Pickford? Get him back. <laughs> I think Everton are trying to sell him on. Or yeah, no. Um, to be fair, there's, there's six days in the transfer window that we could actually sign anybody if we really, really wanted to, like, desperately for that game. And we could sell them on the game after, right? We could have a one-player game. But yeah, in uh, gold, that game, I would put Patterson. Are you, are you allowed to do that, by the way? Sign a player for one game? Emergency loan. Emergency loan, yeah. Could we emergency loan? Like, I know Ahmad Diallo's been popped up loads, but like, could we emergency loan Ahmad Diallo for just that Max game? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, actually, Jim, you, your sentence has popped off there. Jacob. Yeah. What would you do? Uh, who do you think is most likely to score for Sunderland in that Max game? Yeah, I don't know. Probably Clarky. Do you not think? Do you not think they would know how to manage Clark? Mm, that's the thing, though. I mean, I think... you're right. Yeah, it's just. I mean, Hamia, because it it would be fun to see Hamia get his first goal, Sunderland against the Mag, but I think he'll score before then, probably. Yeah. So, same with Meander and Ruffian. So, but oh. I yeah. just want seven in a row, man. I just want seven in a row. Well, we have oh. to. Switch. There will be the start. I mean, we're undefeated in seven. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Why, uh, why, why did we have to draw fucking Newcastle? Could we not have drawn a third division side just over the cup run? No, I, I really rated. I'm really, I really rated. I'm excited for the FA Cup for the first time in a very long time. Um, Sunderland over the last decade or so. Maybe even fifteen years have had. I think one spell where we've got through to the fifth round. It's been it's been pretty pretty rough going in the FA Cup. We never really care about it that much because we win one game, maybe two, and then whimper out against the likes of Liverpool, Chelsea, Man U, that kind of thing. It's just I don't know. And also, we haven't played the Mags in the FA Cup since the fifties. So I think, yeah, and we beat them. We beat them the last time we played in FA Cup, 2-0. Yeah, but I don't think many of our fans' parents were even alive at that stage, so it's... it's... <laughs> mm. yeah. um, you can only play for two teams per season. Yeah, but you can go back to the same club. Ahmad Diallo hasn't played for any club yet, so you could come to us for one game. <laughs> go against the Mags. Go against the Mags and then go to another team. Um, after that. Uh, but yeah, irrespective, it's it, it's just a nice little giggle we have there. Um, I, I just picture it, Lord, that, that game, and a bit you the likes of, I don't know, but like say the likes of Jermaine Defoe and all that, that <laughs> they'll be up in the stand. I mean, could you not? I just, I'm just thinking it's going to be a really, really interesting time for the North East. I, I kind of feel for, for the police that week because they're just coming off a, like a horrible holiday season. Um, it's going to be a cold, dark evening. People are going to be absolutely sloshed. There's going to be fights everywhere. It's just, yeah, chaos. 
Um, it's easy. I think it's slightly easier to manage in Sunderland because obviously the stadium light is not within the city centre. People can't just spill out into like the shops. They have to walk about 15 minutes across the bridge and... I think they can contain it at the bridge. Essentially, that's what that's what I'm getting at. They can usher all the Newcastle fans towards the uh, train station and block them going north. You know what I mean? Like it's it's much more manageable in Sunderland. If it's in Newcastle, it is purely like everywhere within a mile and a half radius is just chaos. Up for the up <laughs> anywhere from the train station through to um through to St James's Park is is, is madness. So yeah, I think. For that game, I like, I like the place of what we do, what they've done for the Middlesbrough game. Which was? Well, the Middlesbrough fans were... Because uh, the police actually put a, a special train on from St. Peter's Station. Yeah. Uh, so they all got off there. They all got escorted from there. Uh, actually rammed to the rear end uh, by the police. So that that's the one by the um by the bridge itself, isn't it? It's not the one in the sea centre. It's not the one by the Tesco. It's the the one just before the bridge. Yeah, it is. Yeah, like I said, much much more easy to manage around that that side of it. I think. Um, but yeah, that's that's where I think we're at with that. Um, we have a couple of extra minutes if we if we want to talk about it. Um, this weekend we are playing West Brom. It by the looks of it, you said there is caretaker managers lined up to take that on charge if we don't find a replacement for Tony Mowbray in that interim um, yeah because the, um, in the club statement on Monday mm-hmm. um, the club revealed that Mike Dodds will take uh, the game against West Brom so Mike Dodds is I think our backup backup manager right he's um, I'm trying to think oh okay Mike Dodds was the part of Mopey's backroom team. Yeah, that was it. That was it. But he didn't leave with him because I know there was some some of his backroom team that left with him as well. Um, so yeah, we do have somebody in charge who's teaching the, is <laughs> is coaching how he wants them to play this weekend. So it's not like we're completely um, in the lurch. It's a caretaker manager. He's been assigned. He knows what he's doing. They're, they're getting trained up now um, for that that game plan. Which might be continue on from what Mowbray said, because he is, like you said, Mowbray's um Mowbray's legacy backroom staff, I guess, coach, whatever you want to call it. Um in a way, I actually hope Dodds is um better than he was the last time, to be honest. Funny you said that, because Dean's just popped in Dodds was rubbish last time. <laughs> he was. Uh Dodds uh, Sunderland, if I pop that in, Mike Dodds Sunderland. Um, let's have a look at his Wikipedia because that's how, that's pretty much how I find out <laughs> everybody these days. Um, he's played two games and lost two games in the February 2022 one. That's when I started my YouTube channel. So that's, that was, and it's not when I started, that's when I started to grow on this YouTube channel. It was Lee Johnson leaving. I went on holiday and I was like, "What's happening?" We lost the two games, and then Alex Neal was assigned. That was that was that period. Um, yeah, because my dogs took those two games. Yeah, they were horrible games, weren't they? Was it like Peterborough and somebody? Yeah, who, who was it? It was two two terrible terrible games in that period. Uh, Doncaster Rovers. 
Um, and I can't remember who else, but like, yeah, it was uh, not a great time. So yeah, bring back, bring back Barley. Kevin Ball was a good caretaker manager. Quinn was an all right caretaker manager, to be fair as well. But again, not a long term solution. I think the best thing for this club, for the fan base, is before that game and now too it's going to be allow them to just watch or get every single every single candidate who's in the top of the list to come to the game and watch and tell them how they would um, react to these. It is at the Stadium of Light, I believe, um, this West Brom game. Yeah, it's, it's at home. Um, and then we are playing at home again on uh, on the 12th. So this this weekend it is a twelve thirty kickoff. I am unable to make it because uh, the night before is my work do's Christmas party, and I will be uh, unavailable, <laughs> otherwise engaged, shall we say? So unfortunately, the watch along for that game is not going to happen on this channel. There is other channels that are doing it, so please keep an eye out for um, any uh, directions that I point out if you want to do that watch along. But. Do you fancy our chances against this West Brom side, considering they are currently, I think, fifth? I don't know. I'm not so sure. I won't. I won't be really too surprised if we lose. Again, I, I think to be to be honest, player caliber wise, we're on par with them. They have obviously a half decent squad. They've come into form. They had a rough couple of weeks at the start of the season, but they found they found their consistency. Um, they are a beatable team. Um, they have struggled against a couple of teams this season, uh, but they have beat a team above them in Ipswich. Um, they only got a one nil win against Sheffield Wednesday. Um, they drew like us to Millwall. Like, I think the biggest surprise is in week five. That is the Huddersfield beat them two one. You know what I mean? Like they throw up shock results every now and again. Maybe us without a manager might be another one of those. So. Fingers crossed for us. Uh, I think I'm being quietly optimistic with that one. So it's interesting because their manager done their press conference earlier. I hate when they I hate when they do it two days early. You know, well in this case it's four days early. Why? Do you not think because the travel up here for them? It doesn't take four days to record a ten minute video. It is. It, he maybe wanted to do it low when the media is available. Well, it's, everything he says now is as anything he said before now is as less relevant as what I'm saying. So we could have a new manager. We could have an appointment. We could have like that that manager saying, "I really think this player for us would be our our focal point." He could say, "I want to focus on Job Bellingham and his career um, first, and everybody else around to grow around how Job thrives or whoever that he picks out." It could be completely different. And I think he says, "Oh, we like." like a, a more attacking style of football we like a defensive style of football everything he says he doesn't know because we haven't got that manager in place so if you're doing the press conference four days early you can't react to injury news you can't react to the, the current squad you can't react to anything it's just hi fans I like my team but I think we're going to win hope you do too that, that's as much as he's, he's going to get out of those press conferences that that, that early not think am, am i am i like again am i speaking waffle on that point like i think press conferences anything up to 24 hours ahead of time is relevant anything beyond that is just complete it's best to do it best do it maybe the day before or maybe even two days at best but like three or four days before is a bit you know it, i guess it gives them time don't it 
let's predict the future. Do you know what the weather's going to be like in four days? No, it's England. Exactly. <laughs> you, know. you know what I mean? You could, you could be like forecasting to play a team on a, on a dry pitch and then turns out it's chucking it down or it's snowing, it's icy, and your team completely falters mm-hmm. because you don't know you don't know the conditions, you don't know half the things you should do when you're gearing up. If you if you know you're going to go on to like a really wet, slippery pitch, you might be more defensively minded, you might want to go a long ball. Like press conferences need to be sooner to the game. Four days is stupid. Sorry. <laughs> that was a mini rant at the end, but I just think that's absolutely daft. <sighs> Paul, do you agree? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree, mate. Cool, cool. To be honest, I, I, don't, I don't even know when Dodds is actually doing the press conference for us, actually. I don't think he should. I don't think he should. He should do a post-match, post-match reaction and that's it. Because the more he says, the more it might put off our potential um, candidates for his, like, for the Mowbray job. Do you know what I mean? Uh, if he says we're struggling, uh-huh. if he says this player's not great, then that might take off one of those players who want that person fit like oh the um if we're using jewish and bennett like i want um foreign talent to thrive at sunderland which is, seems to be a part of our model and that pays off jewish and bennett or pays off somebody else like you just got to be very careful with press conferences with the man who's not going to be long-term in charge so i don't think you should do one yeah but do you, do you not think the media will please want to ask those questions you know like well, not the situation, the manager's situation, but like uh, updates on the team. Yeah. So, uh, so for the, example. Yeah, no, I get, I get that. But like, if, can you remember when um, at the second game of the season or the third game of the season, the pr- press were were briefed by four different people, and they went in and said, "Let look, we don't know. The the recruitment windows over isn't finished. We haven't got strikers yet." And then the first question is, ah, oh, so how do you feel about your striker situation? And and Mowbray just laughed and looked at him, just look, see, see what I'm talking about. This is all they're talking about. So like, you can tell the press to like ask certain style of questions or like what he can ask, actually answer, but they'll ask whatever they think the fans want, um, which is f- absolutely fine. Like press, do your job, but like, I don't think it's going to be productive for anybody involved. Like, what what does this guy actually know? about our long-term future. He'll ask about who's, who's lined up for the replacement. Who are you going to start today? Uh, why did you pick them over other players? Like, you can maybe answer those last two questions, but it doesn't mean anything, really. So, I don't know. Press conferences are a, a funny funny business. I can see where you're going from with that, because, um, well, well, from what Nick Barnes was told, the, apparently the reason why the club decided to get rid of Mowbray was because Nick Bond said apparently that somebody told him that Mowbray wanted to play Dak and Richard actually up front. And apparently Mowbray was told by the club to actually play the strikers. Okay. That makes sense. It does make sense. So he's not he's not doing as he's told and yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't know how to read it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it's. That's interesting. Anyways, anyways, right. I want. I want you to, to for us to end this stream with your preferred manager choice 
one name, no reasons behind it, just the person. Jacob, go. Mm. <laughs> Will still. Uh, Will, Will still's my pick. He's still Will picking. Still. Are you still picking Will still? Yeah. <laughs> It's not, it's not fun. It's it not. is funny. It's funny. I'm trying to be funny. Our humor's very dry, very dad. But uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, we'll dry, still. Dry, dry, dry. Sorry? It's as dry as a lamppost. It's as dry as a lamppost. I mean, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Acacia's agreeing with you. We'll still for, for her. Paul? Thank you, Acacia. Well, for me, I know we're not going to get him, but I'm going to say Kieran McKenna. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to say somebody that we haven't mentioned at all so far this stream, and I really struggle to say his name because I just don't know how to say his name. But you'll all know how, who I'm meaning when I say it. Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. Former Man United manager. Former Man United, former Cardiff manager. Former Man United player. He's been around the blocks. He knows the championship. He knows foreign players. Um, he knows the Premier League. I think he's he's a really good long term option for us, um, rather than just to, just to the end of the season. Uh, sorry, I, I, I say I did say don't give you a reason, but that that's that's me for me. And uh, Dean says ex Chelsea manager. I'm gonna guess Frank Lampard. <laughs> he's probably on about. Um... Graham Potter. Graham Potter, Frank Lampard, Jose Mourinho. I don't want Lampard. That's <laughs> one manager. I mean, I, uh, yeah, there's Lampard and um, Gerard as well, but I think Gerard's having a good time of it at the moment, so he's off the cards. But, yeah, if you if you were listening back to this, by all means, let me know who you want as the replacement for Tony Mowbray in the comments. But until next time, see you next week. Enjoy the game against West Brom. Potter. Bye. He said Potter. He said Potter. Yeah, bye. <laughs>